Hosted by the Maddox Real Estate Team, Jason Maddox, Jamie Abitia, and Katrina Pryor. Presented by Painless Podcast. To learn more about our services, check out our website at maddoxrealestate.com. Today's episode is one we've been waiting to do for a while. Now that we are all vaccinated and returning to a sense of normalcy, we are finally able to incorporate traveling to businesses back into our podcasts. When we are not helping clients find their dream homes, the Maddox team is usually looking for their next great wine tasting experience. Our search eventually led us to perhaps our favorite Richmond wine destination, Rigger's Loft. Sitting on the edge of the San Francisco Bay on Canal Boulevard, Rigger's Loft creates an atmosphere that blends wine and music together for a truly unique wine tasting adventure that has to be experienced by any wine lover in the Bay Area. Today, we talk with the founders of Rigger's Loft, Barbara and Kevin Brown, on how they not only brought Rigger's Loft to life, but how they built it into the winery that it is today. Hey guys, welcome back to our podcast. Today we're here with Barbara and Kevin at the Riggers Loft Winery in Richmond, California. And uh, we're really interested to learn about you guys and your winery, what you have going on here. It's, I hope that we can have a, you know, bring a lot more business to you guys now post-pandemic or as we end this and there's a light at the end of the tunnel with these vaccinations. Um, so let's, let's learn a little bit about you guys. How did you decide to embark on this journey of opening your own winery? You want me to? Go right ahead. So this particular iteration, I mean, winemaking is like a hobby gone awry. Um, you know, it takes on its own dynamics and it, it, it goes out of control and then it becomes this all-consuming thing that you're doing. Um, so we had originally been in Alameda. That's where we started as a winery. Um, I've been on the East Coast. I've been commuting every month. Then we decided we needed to be out here to be where the wine was, you know, on a regular what basis. What you said was where the grapes grow. Where the grapes grow. <laughs> so, uh, so we moved out here back in 2004. Uh, but, but the interesting thing about all of this is that the winery iterations, there have been several. So we started in Alameda and we were there for a while. And we left Alameda and we moved up to Sonoma and we were there for a while. And we moved back to Alameda and we were there for a while. And then finally, um, we had been sharing some space with Rockwall, which was Pet Rosenblum and a new iteration of what he'd been doing after we sold Rosenblum, where I had been for 14 years. Uh, so he, you know, we were looking for a production space. And we ended up stumbling into here, the Riggers Loft. And then in 2014, that's when we signed the contract for this place, began the renovations and changing things around. And I should say that. Um Ever before this place, we never had our own place. We were always part of somebody else's um, setup, uh, whether it was a cooperative type situation or whatever it was. And you know, we always wanted our own space. And um, and then this, you know, just beautifully fell in our laps. And so since 2016 is when we opened the tasting room here, and um, it, it's been wonderful. And we always knew that having been a part of cooperatives. We knew that we wanted to keep that going. Uh, you know, Kevin talked about the artist colony kind of thing, and, and so we really do believe in that. And so, uh, again, we've got four wineries. Our, ours, our brand is R&D Cellars, and there's, there's Carica Wines, and they've been with us since the beginning. Uh, uh, Cream Materia, they're the newest ones to join us. and uh, Which is Italian, Italian varietals. Wachira Wines, um, they are... <laughs> more traditional California varietals, uh, but with kind of a, an African bent 
Uh, she, the, the owner and principal winemaker from there, she's from Kenya. Uh, and then we also have Far West Cider. So, you know, we have a fun amalgamation of, uh, of different folks with different takes on how they do. Yeah, and that's all housed under Rigger's Law. Now, where does that name come from? Is that already established? That's, that's the name of this building. So yeah. this is, this is oh. an historic building, part of the Kaiser Shipyard, World War II. It really was kind of the support center for all of the, the building of the, the Victory and the Liberty ships. And much of the inside of the ships were constructed in here and then lifted into the hulls of the ships and then finished out there. But this was, I mean, that's why on the side of the building you'll see sheet metal, you'll see, see paint, uh, painting, um, you know, there's just all oh, these yeah. different, yeah. Sort of different locations of this building that was the support center, really. So for much the history. So, yeah. so the riggers were like the rigging in a ship, mm -hmm. you know, piecing that together. The riggers designed the slings and such that lifted these prefabricated portions of the ship and put them into place so that the big change from, for Henry Kaiser, for the Kaiser shipyard, from what everybody used to know, is Rosie the Riveter. They went away from riveting because that took so long. It took 90 days to make a ship. They went to welding. And welding ships, they could turn out a ship in about 30 days. So actually, the record for turning a ship out at the Kaiser shipyard during World War II is four and a half days. Wow. They built a ship like the Red Oak Victory that you're seeing over there and launched it. And those ships were somewhere between 85 and 92 percent completed. So you're talking finished work. You're not talking major stuff. And this was done in four and a half days. They wanted to see how fast could they do it if they put everything into one ship. So this place they did electrical, they did welding, they did sheet metal, they did painting, they did the designing of the slings. I mean, all of it within the space that we are. So obviously when we uh, got this building, we leased it from, from the, the city of Richmond, um, there really wasn't a whole lot of thought about what the name was going to be. We really had to keep this name. I mean, we wanted to keep the name because right. of the rich history. Yeah. And uh, it just works. So you guys said this opened, you got in about 2014, opened in 2016 for the Chasing Room. Mm -hmm. But when did your passion for winemaking start? <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you have a rich history before this, oh, this yeah. actual so place. So the, the winery dates back to 1997 and I'll let you take it from here. Well, in my previous life, I was a jazz pianist in New York. It was a great way not to make a living <laughs> at the time. Um, and so, you know, doing things like you know, retail jobs to help supplement what you're doing. So finally I said, you, there's got to be a better way. And so a friend of mine who was working for a wine wholesaler says, you've always loved wine, you're a great salesman, because I was doing a, selling hi-fi. None of you are old enough to know what hi-fi is, but that was stereo equipment back in the day. <laughs> and so we were, I was selling things like that, yeah. right? And so it was like, okay, I'll start selling wine. So I did that, and I was selling wine in New York to restaurants and to retail outlets. Then I ended up in the national department, going around and representing the wholesalers. Then I'm going internationally. Before I know it, I'm all over the world doing this stuff. And you know, everything goes out of control. You know, it's like I said. You know, it's kind of amoebic. You know, it starts off as this little thing, and before you know it, it's taking over everything that you're doing. And as part of all of this, you tend to get more deeply involved all the time. And in my association with Rosenblum Cellars at Rosenblum, I started getting into the winemaking side of things. <coughs> Excuse me, because Kent was always very generous about that. 
And uh, and then that's how we started R&B. You know, when I was there and just making Cabernet, and then we went from Cabernet, decided to leave Rosenblum, and then we added in Zinfandel and Syrah and Sauvignon Blanc, and before you knew it, we were doing 18 different wines, and it all just further went out of control. <laughs> so most wineries will try to uh, pair wine with food, but Rigger's Loft, uh, you pair wine with music. So can you can you tell us a little bit about what you were talking about earlier about the experience and creating experiences? Well, let's just explain that with a caveat in that we don't really pair wine with music so much as that what we want to do is make the wine and the whole thing about the experience and that things that are experiential if you ask and I get asked this question at wine dinners a, a fair amount and that is what's the best bottle of wine you've ever had and the best bottle of wine is never about the actual bottle that you drank. It's about the people that you shared it with. So now it becomes the experience, and that's what makes it memorable. And sometimes you might have a bottle of wine that might be rated higher or that somebody thinks more highly of. But at the same time, if you have it with a lousy group of people, it, it diminishes the experience of what you did with that bottle. So for us, what we try to do, and my wife Barbara is mostly responsible for this, is that she books all of the music that comes here, is that, you know, she goes through and she's always trying to bring different varieties of, of acts and different music, and different musicians all the time so that there's a different flavor when you come here. And we're constantly surprised at that, you know, she books something, she thinks, I think it's going to appeal to this, you know, this segment of, of our customers. And it's a whole different segment that goes absolutely nuts about it. You know, and there's just no accounting for taste in any way, shape, and form. And everybody is different. And so <coughs> the wine they love, that they like um, on any given day can change. And so the music that they like is, you know, I mean, so we try to incorporate as much, you know, as many different styles of music. And, and then, of course, we offer all of these different styles of wine as right, well. Right, right. Yeah. Now, there's a lot that goes into creating this atmosphere and this experience for folks. Um, that was obviously one of the things that really drew me into Rigger's Loft, not just my the first time I was here, but coming back, you know, time and time again. And it does feel like every time I come, there's something different. So there's a different wine to try or a new cider that, uh, you know, to experience experience, uh, different genres of music. And so it does feel that you have a, a you know, a high level of, of interest in the experience that you're providing mm -hmm. folks from the events that you have, what we were just talking about. Um, what really attracted me is that I could bring my kids here and know that they're in a safe, welcoming environment. I can bring my mom. You I can, can bring, you know, dog. grandma. <laughs> you can bring your dog. And it's, uh, it's, it's one of those very few places where anybody can come and feel welcomed um, and feel like, okay, well, this isn't an area that, or this isn't, uh, you know, a place that I would feel comfortable bringing my mom to. That's not the case at all. And it really, you know, bodes well to say that all are welcome and the the environment and the atmosphere that you create is really something that's quite special and really unique um, thank you then we've clearly succeeded yes goal, so. absolutely um one of the one of the draws for me also is what you do with some of the events that you have so maybe you can talk a little bit about fourth of july and new years and and some of the bands that you bring in on on any uh, given occasion um if you don't mind sharing a lot because that's something that was new to me i was like oh okay it's a winery but the amount of talent that you also bring in is really exceptional yeah well there's a lot of talent around here in in the east bay and the whole bay area so that's easy that's easy to draw that in um 
So July 4th is actually on July 3rd, our celebration here. And that's when Richmond puts on their big fireworks. And it's off on the, uh, I guess in the, what do you? Well, it's in the estuary, estuary. over here that would lead up to yeah. uh, Terminal 4. And we've got our whole uh, outdoor production area, which is where the grapes are crushed and all of that stuff in the fall. But that's where we, we, we hold that. And we tell everybody, bring your folding chairs. And it's kind of like Kevin likes to call it like the, like a beach. Yeah. And, um, and then we have all of these food trucks that we bring in. And um, a video meanwhile, truck for the kids. Video, a video game truck for the kids. But meanwhile, we for years now we've had Andre Theory, the Zydeco King, who is playing here tonight. Um, we've always had him play, and so he's usually staged inside. Um, and so there's all this dancing going on inside, and then there's all of these people out there who are just hanging out on the beach, if you yeah. will. And then at nine o'clock or so, the fireworks start, and um, it's just really a fun, fun. Um, event and we've had it every year. One, of the, last one year. of the differences about us is that we do limit it. You know, we stop it at about 400 people. We don't want it to be packed in like sardines. We want everybody to have space. We want mm -hmm. them to enjoy themselves. We want them to be able to enjoy the ebb and flow of humanity that runs through this place on that day. Yeah. Um, and, and people forget that this is actually. This isn't public space, it's private space. And, and it used to be, you know, people always had the idea that you could just come down. But um, we, we try to set it up so that people can enjoy themselves, have a good time, don't feel like it's pressured in any way, and it's just relax, enjoy yourself, experience the moment. It's the most spectacular way to enjoy the fireworks because they're literally right over your head. Yeah, right. it really is incredible. And in New Year's, we come on New Year's as the big balloon drop. Again, <laughs> just another opportunity for, the, you know, for the family to come and get together. But you don't just provide just a phenomenal experience in terms of music and events, but this is a very serious winemaking process. Um, I'd love to hear uh, a bit more from you about uh, the the types of wine, but also the, the winemaking production that you have really on site that folks are coming through and are really Im immersed in um, by, well, they by being here. they certainly see it because as you, you know, you see the tanks are there, um, you know, so they, they certainly see a lot of action yeah. when, they're, when they're here. Um, and then in the fall, if we're actively crushing, then, you know, we, we have little, you know, sort of mini tours and people can come out and just watch us and, you know, after five minutes, they've seen it, but, <laughs> but, it, but it is a lot of fun. But the difference with our tasting room is that you're actually part of the winemaking of what's going on. So we don't separate it with a wall or a glass partition or anything. We want you to be involved. We want, you, mm -hmm. we want it to be immersive, you know, that you're into it. Uh, which is kind of fun. So the fruit comes in, all the fruit comes here, all the wine is made here, it's crushed out back, it's sorted, crushed, pressed, um, then in barrels in here, all the barrels that you see around you are not decorative, they are in fact in use and being used all the time. Uh, it's very handy, you know, you get people come in and let's say they're digging on our cabernets and say, oh, you know what? We're going to be bottling this lot of calories, so we'll take people over and they do a little barrel tasting. I mean, it's the fun thing of getting to do some of that more uh, hands-on kind of touch, what we just did before with the Sauvignon Blanc out of the tank. Yeah. Uh, that 
You get to dive into places that normally you don't get to. In a lot of places, it has to be, well, I set up a special tour and they charge me a certain amount of money to be a part of it and blah, 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 blah. And that, you can, know? that can also happen. But a lot of this is just very spontaneous. Yeah. You want it to be something that it's, wine is, wine's a beverage, okay? It's another beverage of choice. You know, you didn't choose water, you didn't choose milk, you didn't choose Coke, you chose wine, okay? People have a tendency to make wine a little too kind of hoity-toity or, 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 or too special. In, in the, it is special in that anything that's well done is special. Yeah. But at the same time, it should just be another beverage of choice. It shouldn't be something that, you know, you have to have certain credentials to understand it or know it better. It's like the music you like or the art you like or the books you like to read. It, it's what you like. It's personal opinion. And you should be confident in that. You should always be willing to try new ones or try new things. And the worst thing that's going to happen is you'll say, I don't like that. <laughs> so one of my favorite stories, I tell it at almost every wine dinner I've ever done, is the guy walks into the store and the owner of the store says, hey, I have a wine for you to try. And the guy says, oh, would you like to try it? He says, yes, okay, I'll try it. So the guy tells him, oh, my God, that's awful. And the owner of the store says, wow, that's really weird. The wine advocate gave it 94 points. And the guy says, I'll take two cases. The point being that right. he didn't trust his own palate. He did based on what somebody else scored it with. And what his reaction was is he didn't like the wine. Doesn't mean you're right or wrong. What it means is for you, that wasn't a 94-point wine, and that's an okay response. Just trust your palate, trust what you like, enjoy what you like. Exactly. We always say we like what we like. And and sometimes you can take the labels off and you can take the points away, and we might like, you know, this particular one over this. It doesn't have anything to do about the price of the bottle, how it, who it's made, where it's made, what region it comes from, the temperature. We're just like, this is delicious, and we love it. And what I like about um, a lot of the folks that you have that work with you is I can come up to the bar and say, you know, I want something a little fruit forward, not too dry, what do you have for me? And they will always, uh, there's just exceptional um, uh, uh, opinions that they'll give and you know, they'll, I'll try a couple and they're always spot on. They yeah, can just hear a, kind of... They've got a great tasting fruit. They're wonderful. They're wonderful. I don't know what I'm talking about. I just, like I said, I, I like what I like and I can kind of describe it and they'll nail it every time when they pour me something. I'm like, I love it. Fill her up. But <laughs> that's the important part is you like what you like and that's all you have to be confident in. And if you don't like something, don't yeah. worry. Don't feel any discomfort in saying, nope, that's not for me. Yeah. Just mean that particular And it's just a great here. atmosphere to feel like you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to come in, you know, dressed in your nines. I can come in jeans um, and come in here and just have a really a- amazing experience. I'd love to hear about the cider, um, how you're affiliated with R&B sellers. Um, and I know that you there's, there's a couple other... Um, wines that you also have that you're partnering with here uh we'd love to hear about that as well well we are r&b sellers so that we're we're the owners and winemakers of r&b sellers so that is that is our brand um in addition to rigger's loft the overarching farwas cider has been with us adam chinchiola is the cider maker and he's been with us almost since the beginning and um he gets all of his apples from a family farm down in, I always forget, 
Great. So it's done, it's done somewhere. <laughs> and I blow it. <laughs> and, um, anyway. they're, they're Central Coast. Central well, they're Coast, and they've ha- and it's been apparently been in the family for generations. Four generations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, um, so now I, but I think he's really the first one who has now said, okay, I'm going to make cider. Well, he's making. Yeah, he's the first to do the cider. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and he's really super creative. Um, you know, came out with, a, from the get-go, came out with about three or four standard um, ciders that he's kept going because they're just so popular. Um, but he's always coming up, like, it feels like every month or something, coming up with some other fruit to add to it. I mean, I think you mentioned blueberry or something. My sister, I, I, I mean, what, I, I what it could very well yes, be. I, I love the guava. And yeah, I think there was another time that there was one. a watermelon, maybe. Oh, yep. Sounds good. Watermelon, yeah. watermelon at one time. And, watermelon and lime. Yes. Oh. And then my sister just came maybe a week or two ago and she said something about, and this is just conversation. I didn't even tell her we were doing a podcast here. She goes, oh, so I went to Riggersloff and now they have, so it's like a topic of conversation. It's like whatever new, uh, you know, varieties out and so she said something about a blueberry or a blackberry and I'm just it's like it's a blueberry and he's got a couple of new ones that they're just on tap so he'll make small lots you yeah. know experiments to try different things all of which is a lot of fun he's got his first uh, can condition cider that he's done so what happens is the second fermentation actually takes place in the can okay. so it's can conditioned is what it's called so he's always playing and doing something different with yeah it, and so fun. every time you come again it's just it's a new tasting experience so it's really incredible well and it, it just in the wines we have over 40 different wines here on any given day really? between so the four different between all the different wineries so you get a chance to try different things so you could come in one day and say i'm only doing white wines or you could come in one day and say i'm only doing sparkling Cabernets, or I'm only doing sparklings, or I'm only doing Zinfandels, or I'm all, uh, and you've got a lot to and choose from. And you have lots of things to choose from, and you could do a series of things just in any of those different iterations of what you said you wanted to explore. Mm-hmm. Now, out of those forty or so, do you find that any are more popular? People are always coming back for I, you know one or two of them. I think that in terms of R and B, and that's mm-hmm. what we sort of yeah track the most, just because yeah. that's that's our brand. We have a few that are that are super popular. I would say the improviser, which is our Zin-based red blend, um, that is since the beginning of making that, it's been super popular. Our cabernets, our our Napa Valley Reserve cabernets, um, have a huge following, and um, they they're they're just I think I think they're stunning wines, um, and we have a whole series of white wines too that are that are really popular. Lately, our sparkling has really taken off. So we've got. Uh, a, well, we a, brought that know, back. We hadn't done that in a while. We'd kind of true. taken a break from it. But we brought it back, and it's just going great guns. So we've got uh, a white sparkling and a rosé sparkling, and it's method champenoise. So it really is champagne. It's just we can't call it sure. that because we are not in Champagne. Yeah. We are here in California. So yeah. Uh, well, we're, we'll have to try those tonight. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're so coming back tonight back. to try sure. all of these. Yeah, come back to see Andre. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited for that. Now, there's also, you have a food menu also, and you always have, you have a catering partner that you work with. So I know that um, when, when 
I've come in the past, there's been, you know, food trucks. Um, and so again, it's not just wine, but you can also do your own food pairing based on, on the selections. Can you talk a little bit about the partnership that you have with the caterer? Yeah, I mean, we've had a number of food partners since the beginning, since 2016. And um, it, it seems like we've really hit on something just to have uh, a, a caterer from a restaurant, you know, dedicated. Most of their preparation is done in their own kitchen and then they bring it here and do the last minute preparation and heating um, on site in the, in the back of the winery. Um, and that's just, uh, uh, I don't know, it just adds so much more when you can actually have food and wine together. Um, we tr we talk with him with uh, it, his name is Mark. And we talk with him about you know what kinds of foods uh, pair well with wines, different kinds of wines. So he keeps that in mind. Yeah. Um, but again, there's so many different styles of wine. So therefore, he has kind of an eclectic menu, and that changes you know from time to time as well. But you Various want you want lighter things. You want you know kind of midweight things, and you want heavier things depending on what somebody wants. So. The one point that I wanted to make is we are what you would call a destination, okay? Nobody walks by us to get to anywhere else unless you you're dumping in, unless you're, you're dumping you're diving a body in, in the bay. Diving into right? the bay. So Aside from that, you're coming here to come and see us. And so you want it so that if somebody comes here, they have an ability to, you know, I'm hungry. What you know? So Mark makes everything from bar snacks to a charcuterie plate to beef stroganoff, and you know there's all different kinds of things that fall within those different weight categories of a full meal or a light repast and desserts as well. So it kind of you can go whichever direction you want to go. Yeah. Now you guys mentioned. Um, being big on artistry and stuff like that. Do you, how do you design your wine labels? Do you pair up with anybody to design your labels? Yes, we do. Yeah. So uh, let me just start with saying that all of the paint, well, we're, we're both musicians. Yeah. So um, classical and jazz musicians. So um, we happen to possess a number of beautiful paintings by an artist named Mimi Stewart. And uh, they're all a part of the, her musical gems series and they're just lovely lovely paintings usually with a treble clef and notes kind of shooting or a on. bass clef one of them has a bass clef the Syrah does um, so a number of years ago we decided to to incorporate all of those paintings um, onto our labels and so every wine has its own painting um, and they're just, it's a great, beautiful place to start. So the artwork is lovely. And again, her name is Mimi Stewart. Mimi and you can go to MimiArt.com and check out all this. Well, stuff she's referenced it. via our website as she referenced us. I mean, she's an old friend. I met her when I was at Rosenblum Cellars and fell in love with her artwork and bought the first ones that we owned uh, when I was there. <clears throat> when she was initially being discovered as an artist. And, you know, how many do we have now? 14 or something like that. We have a ridiculous number of these things, which they're gorgeous. And now she's on permanent display at the Smithsonian, at the Iron Space Museum. She's at all these galleries and museums around the country. She does, you know, things for Hollywood stars and sports stars and, you know, uh, Buzz Aldrin, you know, from, you know, the astronauts. I mean, she's just got this incredible following now. And she was so excited and said, 
we would use her paintings for the labels. And she said, I only have one request. And she said that you still give me wine for when I do gallery openings to do new things so that I can showcase your wines and the artwork to go along with it. So she's a doll and has been wonderful, her whole family. And we would never use anything else. That's <laughs> and so then the other part of that is our graphic designer. Uh, Who Greg I Canales. hear is fantastic. Yes, Greg. he is. He's Ray awesome. Ray Canales. And, yes. Yes. And he's a very dear friend. Yeah. And, um, so he has been our graphic designer for years and years, and our labels have evolved under his I mean, um, they're gorgeous. Vision. Guidance. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And so we have yet a new kind of look to them in the last, I'd say, maybe six months or so that we're really, really excited about. Showcases the art a little bit more. Oh, it really does. It does. Yeah. It's really distinctive. I mean, yeah. they're beautiful. Uh, I mean, the labels are beautiful. And they say something about who we are. So, you know, a lot of... Uh, a lot of wineries uh, try to find some kind of kitschy thing to, you know, the red wagon winery and there's a, there's a, a red wagon somewhere on the property or something. Our labels certainly say something about who we are as people yeah. and, and our And every passions. wine says something about who we are and each wine has its own musical term to describe what it is. And it describes the wine, but it's also, this is reflective of who we are as a couple, as a family, and what our history is. Well, it's interesting. This is obviously family, right? Family business, as is ours. But you, so what is it like working, being partners, <laughs> husband and wife? Wait, wait, We're still wait, married. Wait, We're still married. He doesn't want to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it has its benefits. It has its challenges. It does. Right? I mean, it's, uh, I wouldn't change anything. Um, but there are times. <laughs> there always are. There always are. Yeah. But, but no. that. But I think that, again, it's something that um, you know. It comes from from you both uh, being partners, obviously in a relationship, but also in business. Um, and I think that your love for music, love for wine, love for food. You really feel that in coming in this space and and having this experience. Okay. What do you what do you both love most about what you do? I mean, you're obviously passionate about all of this, but what are what do you love most about the people? Yeah, yeah, I would say the people is definitely the answer. I mean, all the different folks that you get to meet and the experiences you get to share with them or help guide them through. We've made so many great friends through this winery. Yeah, um, awesome. yeah it just. It's the people. Yeah, I'm sure you get to see a lot. You were just mentioning getting to see somebody turn 100 and have their 100th birthday here, right? Yeah, that, this is oh, a wine right. club member, her mom, uh, and they brought her here a couple of times. And what a sweet lady and just so much fun to visit with. And she ended up having her 100th birthday and they came down to be, to be part of the celebration of her doing that. And it's just... 100 years old, I'm saying, wow, I hope I even get remotely close to that. Yeah. Didn't you uh, buy her a... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. We pulled out some library wines for yeah. her for that. She's kidding? never forgotten. She's you, you get to 100, you it. deserve that. <laughs> yeah. Definitely goodness. So for some, some folks that are listening who've never been here, I'm obviously a huge fan. I think in every podcast I bring I know, bring I'm just up, about to hire you. Like, <laughs> you know. I bring up Bigger Soft, I think, in every podcast, because we're always talking about wine, and I'm like, R&B sellers, Bigger Sloth. What would you like to project? What did, what would you want to tell somebody or share with somebody about this place to welcome them to come for their experience here? This is all about the experience. And you get to kind of craft it the way you want it to be. I mean, you know, if you look at pre-COVID, 
You could come and just listen to the music. You could come and watch the Ospreys. You could come and play ping pong or board games. Uh, everybody has a different kind of idea of what it is you want to do. There's no expectations. It's set your own pace, set your own style. There's enough variety that you can, you've got a blank canvas, paint the picture. And the fun thing, and I describe this to people because they ask, they say, well, what's the difference here? I said, well, take five people, put them out on that patio, have them look at that beautiful view of the bay and say, paint what you see. You will get five different paintings because everybody sees it slightly differently than everybody else does. That's exactly what we want the experience here to be. You make it your experience. And that way you're going to go home saying it was everything I wanted it to be not what somebody else expected it to be or forced you to experience. Sure. So that's the important part. That's great. I love that. And you, you had mentioned wine club memberships. Um, what, what does that include? So um, we send out uh, packages four times a year. Um, and uh, or we have wine pickup parties, and we will actually be able to have yeah, a wine, wine club pickup, pickup, pickup party yeah. in July. Those are wild. Yeah, yeah. So we need to go to a wine pickup party. party. We're going to be going to a wine you have to be a member party. first. Yes. Right? We will yes. be a member. So I'll be a member right now. That's easy. Up. That's easy. Yeah, we'll sign you up. Um, so you get you you can choose between uh, different levels. There's a, a, a lower level, which is we call it trio. You can choose all reds, all whites, or you get uh, just a combination of um, you know a couple reds and a, and a white. And then there's an upper level called big band reserve. Uh, same thing. You can do uh, reds only if you like. So uh, trio because it's three bottles, but also trio and so jazz trio. I, so. big band, yeah, I love the music. So. Everything, and yeah. yeah, it's called the Blue Note Wine Club. So, oh, yeah, that. everything's musical. <laughs> um, all of our bottles for wine club members is twenty five percent off all the time, uh, except for a, a a month after receiving your wine, you can ch choose any of the wines that are in the, the wine club packages and get thirty percent off. Um, every time you come to the winery, you get a free glass of wine. Nice. Lovely. Nice. Which is nice. And you, you can come the, every day if you, you like. Get to, you get to come to the pickup parties, and that's included, and that's food and music and oh, wine. Fun. And you get to try it. any of the wines that are in any of the clubs. So it doesn't matter whether you're a trio member, you get to try the wines in the big band or big band. You can try all the wines in the trio. You know, you just get a chance to try And them then all of those are available to you for 30% off for that the next month. Um, what else? Well, I mean, I'm sold already. I'm sold already. You, get, you get discounts to, you know, different events and things that we do, like the July 3rd thing. There's a club member price there. You know, when we do the Fleet Week, there's a club member price. So, I mean, there are special things for that. There are special wines that we put together that are only done for the wine club. So we did a special bottling of 07 Cabernet, 2010 Cabernet, that the only people that got that were wine club members. It wasn't available to the general public at all. And then, you know, in terms of reservations and stuff, we, you know, because of our socially distanced seating, it, it does fully book. And so, you know, we, we give priority to the wine club members. Yeah. And then what are your normal hours of operation, or at least right now, what are your hours? Right now, so it's Thursday, 4 to 7, Friday, 4 to 8, Saturday, 1 to 8, and Sunday, 1 to 7. Lovely. And, and musicians, you mentioned on certain days you'll have musicians yeah. that are... 
Every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So Friday, it's generally the music is from four to seven. So the whole time that we're open, and wherever possible, we stage it outside. So unless it's really, you know, actively raining or it's just super cold and windy, it's going to be outside with beautiful views of the bay and the bridge. You just I mean, need to know gorgeous. to dress warm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Saturday and Sunday, the music is from two to five. Okay. okay. Well, and this is also on your website at riggersloftwine.com. Right. I noticed that you have all of the hour operating hours also on the website. There's events. also a calendar so you can see what yeah. the upcoming musical acts are. We do a wide variety of different kinds of music. Like I said, we're trying to always kind of change up the experience a bit. Um, so always look and see, you know, what's available. But we're also big on supporting local musicians as much as we possibly can. All our musicians um, are local. They're all local folks. So we encourage people to be generous in their tipping. Uh, it's all about supporting, you know, local community. I mean, well, community is community, whether it's within how far you can throw baseball to, you know, a, a, a city limits to a state or whatever. I mean, we're all, it's the community and you want to support and try and make sure that everybody does okay, especially in the weird times of now. Absolutely. So the best way to make a reservation is to do advanced, an advanced reservation because we often book out ahead of time and that's to info at rbsellers.com uh, that's the best way to do it and um, excellent yeah. remember that. well we would like to thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to, to meet with us this has been fantastic it's been our pleasure we, we absolutely Pleasure. love Thank it. You. I mean, this is going to be in my new home, so... You'll be seeing us a lot. So. <laughs> but it, Wonderful. Thank you so much. It's you're been very a welcome. Pleasure. You're so welcome. Can't wait to come back tonight. Yeah, yeah be exactly. Thank you for listening to the Maddox Podcast. Thank you to our producer, Sam Lubman of Painless Podcast, for helping make this podcast possible. We started this podcast so we could share our real estate insights, as well as provide our listeners with a chance to get to know the Maddox team. Our goal is to make our clients' real estate sale or purchase as simple as possible, allowing them to sit back while we handle the hard work. To learn more about what we do or to look up resources about the Bay Area communities, visit our website at maddoxrealestate.com or give us a call at 510-993-0688.